Hello, welcome to another episode of Radio UF. My name is Laura de Alba, and I am here in the study with Simon Davison. Hello, Simon. Hello, Laura. And Simon studies political science, is an active member at UF Uppsala. Uh, so he's in the career group. He writes for Utrik uh, and also went to Cyprus with the travel group in that episode that we recorded a few weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. So, as you said, I was uh, with a travel group in Cyprus in mid-November. And uh, we had an interview there with uh, Selim and Dukan. And during this discussion, um, you talked about very interesting issues that are very present in Cyprus and uh, with a very interesting and unique geopolitical situation, uh, which is why we decided to name this episode Creating an Identity. Yeah, so Cyprus is divided into two parts, ethnically, culturally, religion. Yeah, um, so it, the, the island is divided. And I was interested in interviewing them and talk about how they how they look upon themselves and how they see the people around them um, to understand more about the conflict. And it's a conflict that we don't hear so much about. Um, and you know, I maybe they I maybe I thought they should they were going to be angry when I talked about this conflict. But as you will hear, uh, the two students was very nice and uh, explained everything about the conflict and how the identity uh, is on the island. Uh, Svante, the trustee of the travel group, who also took part of the interview and had a really good question. Uh, he had some personal contacts, uh, so we contacted the university in advance and uh, he helped me plan this interview. This is Summertime Sadness by Lana Del Rey. You're listening to Radio F. We're back in the studio, you're listening to Radio UF, and we are reflecting on how to create an identity, or what is an identity. Uh, we thought it would be very useful to give a little bit more historical context. Yeah. So uh, the conflict in Cyprus started just a couple of years after Cyprus became independent from the UK. This was in the mid-60s. When the and when the conflict arose, it was due to disturbances and violence between the majority group of Greek Cypriots and the minority of Turkish Cypriots. Then the UN got in and uh, minimized the violence with its UN soldiers uh, until Turkey occupied the north part of the island in 1974. Turkey then believed that Greece was planning to annex all of Cyprus and their reaction was to occupy the northern third with uh, the most 
Turkish population. Uh, since then, the island has been divided and the Turkish, Turkish occupied uh, zone uh, proclaimed independence uh, and it called itself the Turkish Republic of Northern Cyprus. Uh, it's de facto state uh, that only that that is only recognized by Turkey and still has Turkish troops on the island. The UN soldiers are also still in the island, controlling the buffer zone, dividing south the south part and the north part. And Simon, because you mentioned that it's like the Greek side and the quote-unquote Turkish side, do you know if it's like a divide as well in what people live here? So is it only Turkish-speaking people in the Turkish side and Greek speakers in the Greek side? So yes, this is the interesting part because before the conflict, uh, the island was mixed. So they it was Greek cities and Turkish cities and they lived together. But after the conflict started, the island has become divided. So the people I talked to in the interview, they have uh, like grandparents and so that lived on the other side of the island. But now uh, the, no the north and the south are divided ethnic ethnically. So Turks on the north and Greeks on the south. And they do this has an influence sometimes in the passports they can or cannot have, isn't it? If they have like grandparents from this side or grandparents from the other side or if they get married to someone from the other side, isn't it? Yeah, you will hear about that later in the interview. So that's it's about um, what passport they can get if they are Cypriots or if they have uh, parents from that migrated from Turkey after the occupation. Uh, and if you look about the, uh, the current situation and uh, the solution of the conflict, the, the country, the island nearly got unified in 2004. The UN had a plan for unification, but in the end, the Greek side voted against it and the momentum for unification was lost. You will maybe hear, hear uh, more about that later. Um, but nowadays, the two sides uh, keep talking, uh, but we don't have any unification uh, plans ongoing in at the moment. Yes, but it's not at like heated political conflict. Freely. Uh, the UN soldiers still protect against violence, but it's really peaceful right now. This is Motorland by Maris. Historical background in northern Cyprus. But now it's time for a disclaimer. So this interview took place took place on the north side, and we talked to two students with the Turkish Cypriot background. Therefore, it's necessary to say that their per perspective uh, only has the north side, and the Greek Cypriots and the south side is absent in this interview. So Nicosia is the capital of Cyprus. It's the a divided city. So we were. Uh, having the interview in the no uh, north part of the city, just a couple hundred meters from the border. So I wanted to ask them how they, the young generation of the north side, uh, identify themselves. I mean, is, are they Cypriots in first hand? Are they Turks, as they speak Turkish? Or identify with their religion? Do they think themselves as Muslims? I thought this would be interesting to understand uh, how divided the two societies actually are. 
I mean, it all depends on the the upbringing of the, the younger generation. From my upbringing, I would uh, first have to specify my religion, but then I would specify that I'm from Cyprus. I have to also put that in parentheses that I'm Turkish. So uh, I I would want to just say I'm Cypriot and be done with it without needing to put a parenthesis in between saying I'm Turkish because I this is just as much as my country as their country I, I don't want to have it be divided or, or, or have to explain away where I'm actually from so we have to say we are Turkish Cypriots mm-hmm. or Turkish speaking Cypriots but basically uh, younger generations in Cyprus describe them, themselves as Cypriots so actually for on the religion issue uh, the, we the Turkish Cypriot society is like the most secular Islamic society yes, in, in I, the world. I forgot so to specify, yes. We are secular, but I, I was uh, talking about myself and my upbringing. That's why I was uh, talking about religion, but he is correct. We are highly secular. It's not that people describe themselves first religion and then their vocation. They usually just say Cypriot and then they'll describe the rest. And if you go to more like culture, do you think you're have most in common with the other side of the island yeah. or the Turkish mainland or mm-hmm. some other uh, group? Uh, it's been, uh, I guess, a little, uh, I guess you could say it's my belief. I mean, uh, I, I always consider that the both sides of the island are closer to one another mm-hmm. in how they act and how they are than they, uh, than they would be to the, the, to the ethnicity they're, they're, they're coming from. I don't think uh, Greek Cypriots here are closer to the, to the Greeks from Greece mm-hmm. or that the Turks from here are any closer to the Turks from Turkey. I would say they, were, they are more they have in common here, Greeks and Turks, amongst themselves than they do with their parent co- uh, country. I would, uh, that's always been my belief. Uh, there's, there's, or, yeah, I've seen, I've uh, observed that there's more similarities between them than they are with the I mean, I've personally never been to Greeks, but uh, the, the, I guess the, the stereotype or like the idea here is that the Greek spoken here is almost completely different to the Greek spoken in Greece. So people confuse when people from here speak in uh, there and that the Turkish here is, is different to the Turkish from Turkey. I want to give a specific example. Uh, we have a common word. We have a lot of common words with Greek Cypriots, but it's Hadere. You will, you will hear it on the southern part and also on the northern part. It's actually literally translated as common. Both communities have a lot of common words like this and we understand each other when we say that those common words. And now a music break. This is Mi Fiesta by Bandarachinas. We're back in the studio. You're listening to Radio UF and we're discussing the creation of an identity. It was really interesting to listen to what Salim and Dugukan had to say. But if we go broader from the personal perspective and go more into like a geopolitical and kind of a world nationality system, they also had very interesting points of view on the EU passports and the sort of social divide that it has made. Um, and also they mentioned some mixed marriages. And uh, Yeah, so if we go further into identity... Uh, Salim Endukan explains that on the north side uh, it's actually officially part of the EU but people with uh, Turkish parents don't get those EU passports. 
and that's like a problematic concept for them uh, because some people can move around and some people cannot and they will explain more about that in the interview. Thank you. Well, you were talking about Brussels and the EU. Um, it's a bit complicated, I, ha I have understood. Um, how do you see the EU? Is it like a positive thing or negative? And do you feel, identify yourself as European? Yeah, uh, actually uh, I have been, I am a pro-European Union yeah. guy. <laughs> so I believe that European Union uh, is, a, uh, is an important actor in the international arena. So that's basically, uh, we do have the younger generations have the chance to basically to freely uh, move between countries without any passports in mm. European Union. So, mm. uh, but for from a perspective of Cypriot guy, Turkey speaking Cypriot guy, European Union needs to to um, to be more active in Cyprus in Cyprus issue. So basically, in two thousand four, our professor uh, mentioned that. In 2004, a uh, referendum took place in Cyprus. And the Turkish-speaking Cypriots voted yes to be reunified, reunificated, and the Greek-speaking Cypriots said no. Uh, and afterwards, afterwards, uh, the Greek, uh, the European Union uh, accepted the Republic of Cyprus as, an, as a member of the European Union. But uh, for us, for Turkish-speaking Cypriots, speaking Cypriots, we were left behind. And we are just like living in a de facto state without uh, any rights to do anything. So uh, I, I just asked him if he has a Greek uh, Republic of Cyprus, Republic of Cyprus uh, identification. I have one too, but you see, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I am pro-European Union because it, it creates a lot of tension in between uh, Turkey and Cyprus, obviously, because uh, Turkey has had a long history of trying to get into the European Union, so that in itself already creates a problem, but I'm not completely against them either. I, as he says, I would like them to have a more proactive role into either, I don't know, at this point, what else do you say, accepting the north side, because yeah. uh, without it, it becomes that, as, as he and I both have, we have Greek Cypriot Republic of Cyprus identity identifications and whatnot, and that makes us de facto from European Union. But like, that essentially becomes like a privilege. I could I say that? Yeah, privilege. It becomes a kind of privilege, and you know that kind of creates an imbalance almost. You're listening to Radio F. Some music. It's Istanbul, not Constantinople, by They Might Be Giants. You are listening to Radio UF på Studentradion 98,9. In this part of the interview, Salim and Dukan talk about how they look upon the three guarantee states. Greece, Turkey and UK all have great influence over Cyprus. And since the decolonization, when Cyprus got independent uh, from the UK, they all guarantee Cyprus and have a lot to say about Cyprus pol international politics. Yeah, very interesting. And just to, to follow up, what, how do you feel like uh, politically? How do you feel people think about the surrounding countries like Greece and Turkey uh, and the UK as a, as a power in the area? Um, 
is it positive or negative? Is it like people on the north side? Uh, they have very close connections to Turkey, but does it mean that they dislike Greece? Or how is people think about those other countries more in, in a political sense, not in culturally? I, I would say it depends on the age of the person. If they're from, if they live through the events, I'm going to presume they are against Greece and mostly probably against UK as well in ideas. Uh, and probably are pro-Turkey, but that the that the older fellow, older people, I suppose. But then I guess the younger generation, which I know, you can't really categorize all younger folks as oh they're pro everything because you know, uh, younger people can be radical too in in their beliefs. So I would say maybe a small subset of the younger generation would be more pro-Turkey, uh, anti anti. Greece or UK or, or vice versa. May I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Um, because I because such as I understood it, uh, the northern side has a reliance on Turkey with the pipeline and such. Mm-hmm. How does that affect your relationship with um, Turkey as a state and and Turkish people? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course very grateful for their uh, Turkey's ongoing help has been very grateful I mean I don't think if they didn't help uh, the TRNC wouldn't be uh, I guess necessarily as I I, I don't think they would be able to keep up without Turkey's help in the current world I would say Uh, but uh, based on that it's just I wouldn't want to say imperialist or anything because they are being really helpful and they're the only country who are willing to put up with such mm-hmm. uh, problems with us specifically. Uh, but uh, you could also say they've they brought it on themselves, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, Turkey's intervention and whatnot. And uh, but uh, you could uh, what's the word? Uh, I'm I'm not trying to come off as ungrateful. Of course not. But like. The, the the Turkish influence here is uh, at this point also, as you said, pipeline and whatnot. It's a bit too much. The influence might be a little uh, too ingrained, so they can't let go either. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, also a problem with the south side as well. They probably invested too much on the the south side, so all these investments you can't let them go either. So there's a Tension arises from that as well because, you know, also speaking of Turkey, there are oil drilling as well in the the Mediterranean and the whole idea and the the, the problems and the tension that arise out of that is honestly could fill pages and pages of just how much tension there is in this country. But thank God it's nothing nothing actually too serious that, you know, uh, blows into like other conflict, I guess. We leave you with Ma Baker by Bunny. Put your hands in the air, give me all your money. We're back in the studio, you're listening to Radio UF. I am Laura Delba and I'm here with Simon Dobbison. And we are discussing the creation of an identity. And Salim and Dogukan just discussed what they think about the bigger countries that surround them. We've also discussed identity and passport division and the different kind of hierarchies that are made in society and Simon also asked them about 
what they wanted for Cyprus. Uh, which is the other side, but I would say the younger generation have a, a better on a, a concept of maybe being just of being an independent state, being left alone from all the guarantors. Not entirely, of course, because the, the circumstances aren't going to ever be like that, I don't think. But uh, I would say they are more being labeled as independent or whatnot. Yeah, um, I agree, my friend. Uh, we, I mean, for all the generations, guarantors or the, those states are like, uh, um, how would I say? They're like a protector for them. I mean, like, they feel their power and they feel that they are safe for against each other. But for younger generations, I mean, uh, we do feel that they're imperialist states on Cyprus. They're trying to, uh, for, they're trying to get their, get... Uh, freedom? Yeah, all yeah, freedom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Turk as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, English have bases in here. Greek, Greece has some, I mean, like, a lot of influence in the southern part. Turkey has a lot of influence in the northern part. So we just want, for younger generations, if I may say, we just want to be left alone and just solve our problems ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's not a problem even. It's not a Cyprus problem. It actually could be solved easily if they three or they three were just out of here. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you would like to be left alone, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Dance You Out of My Head by Kat Janis. And we're back in the studio. You're listening to Radio UF. We are reaching the end of our program very soon. But on the note from the past clip, we wanted to continue with what happens next. What are the wishes from the future? Yeah. Here they talk about first how they see the conflict right now and how they want the future to look, what they want for their life in Cyprus. Uh, we would like to be able to create a future with the Republic of Cyprus that, that's a federal Republic of Cyprus uh, with multicultural uh, policies that will include all of the societies, all of the ethnic backgrounds that uh, we could be living in a peaceful future, basically. I mean, uh, the future, of course, uh, if you ask anyone here, they're probably going to say they want the future to, to resolve the conflict so the country can become either unified or not unified, just like, I guess, primarily getting rid of the border that just causes a lot of headaches for anyone who's living here or visiting or, or tourism, it, it, it just creates a lot of headaches. I guess most people would say even if they do not believe in unification or the two-state solution, I think most would agree they don't want the border in between that's just causing a lot of headaches for anyone really. Uh, but realistically, uh, going forward, I would want this country to just become a... a great livable space uh, without the, the, the headaches that are present within it. Unfortunately, uh, after the pandemic, uh, we had a lot of uh, our younger generations living the island, especially mm -hmm. living in the northern part. I'm, I'm sure that they, that is the problem in the southern part as well. We have a lot of younger generations living the island. 
in search for better economic uh, chances to have better lifestyles, better jobs, as uh, the hope the hope for the future is getting less. I mean, the, the hope is, I mean, we are losing our hope on the solving of the Cyprus issue. So that's why our younger generations are leaving. But uh, for me, uh, hopefully, <laughs> if, uh, I want to be in Cyprus and hopefully we'll be able to uh, achieve uh, the desired peace, the federal solution in Cyprus to to provide better economic uh, standards for everyone, for our younger generations to to be able to live in here as peacefully as possible, that we don't uh, lose our youngers, youngest generations continuously. But I mean, uh, what he's saying is completely correct. The the reason for I think the the Cypriots in general migrating out of the country is uh, primarily, uh, if I have to guess, would be economic, and that's a real shame because the, the economies on both sides is being uh, not controlled, but they are influenced highly by the European Union, by Turkey, by the UK, and it, I, it's completely understandable at that point why the, the younger generation would opt to leave for better pay or better work or uh, better insurance in other countries, but uh, if I would not want that for going into the future where people just leave the country, because I do want this country to flourish, because it's, it's a diamond in the rough, it definitely could become a whole lot better, but the, the issue is, is that uh, there's a lot of outside problems that we can't deal with, and as said before, understandable for the, the younger generation to leave because of it, but uh, going forward, I do, I do not want to go to any country to work, I don't want to go to any other country to study because I want this country to become better for it. I want to be able to say that I'm from here, I study here, I work here, without needing to put uh, asterisks on the end of every single one of those points. So that's my hope for the future, to become just, uh, hopefully it becomes better before it you know, there's the phrase, what is it? it? It gets a whole lot worse before it gets better, so... This is Cleopatra by The Illuminators. You're res- listening to Radio F. We asked to enter Radio 98. You're listening to Radio F, and this is the end of our program on how to create an identity. Thank you for listening until the end. It was a very enriching experience, very interesting insights by both Salim and Dukkan. Um, so I would like to ask you, Simon, who met them personally and who probably spoke with them as well a bit outside of what we just listened to and the recording, what is the most valuable lesson that you got out from this experience? Uh, I think it was really interesting to learn how one society can be divided in so many ways between generations uh, that have different looks upon the future and the present and how uh, some part of a society can be divided and some part can be really connected. Uh, So I mean in Cyprus here the older generation they have been to war with, with the other side but for example Selim had friends on the other side. Yeah, and I think that it's also a really good example or a really good 
close up to what happens when bigger powers like bigger countries or bigger economies start deciding what should happen in a certain part of the world and economic interests get mixed with the definition of like an identity basically like should we call ourselves Cypriots should we call ourselves Turkish Greeks or even religion plays a big part in some people's lives like we heard um, Salim discuss so yeah a really nice and enriching reflection but yeah thank you for listening and I hope that you will tune in next week next Monday at 5pm at studentradion.com uh if don't if you want to listen to this again it will be available in our platform in one week so yes hear you soon bye 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 <laughs>